Welcome to Book Recos Between the Pages. I'm Jess. And I'm Lauren. And we're the pals behind Book Recos. This is the podcast where we chat all things books and just about everything in between. As you know, we spent March reading books written by women and we had a fabulous time and we are going to recap some of it today. On today's episode, we'll be discussing a buddy read we both loved and two solo reads, although apparently one of them should have been a buddy read. Friday. Happy Friday. I appreciate that listening to this might not be a Friday, but it is for us. We've had the day off. The sun is shining. We're feeling so vibey. And we've got wine. We've got, unless you couldn't tell, <laughs> we've got wine. Um, and as Lauren pointed out to me, it's just, just the two of us. It's just us today. No special guests. Sorry. I know, so it's we've had, we've had today. quite a few of them. We had we've Coco had some great authors on with Daphne and Porna. We've Who's been, been your... Not like favorite, but favorite, you know. <laughs> well, we like his his. Porna was a real pinch me moment because we've adored her book for so long. Absolutely, and as we mentioned in the episode, it took a while yeah. for us to like figure out diaries. So I'm yeah. really pleased that happened. And then both of the others were really exciting because they were both in the US. Very true. Not made that connection. What about you? Oh, they're like I. I can't. I can't choose. Yeah, both. All three conversations made me appreciate the books even more. Yes, yeah, same, same. And yeah, I think I think you've already said one of them is in your top ten books of the year, haven't you? Yeah, Cleopatra and Frankenstein. I think it's in one of mine as yeah. well. You know, so I'm cur- I've got six in the running after only being in 2022 for two and a half months, <laughs> two minutes. I've got four slots left. <laughs> Gonna have to be choosing. Gonna be now. ruthless. Have you got how many? Have you got? Have you counted? I haven't counted. I feel like you've probably got a few. You I really do, like songbirds. <gasps> yeah, I did. You liked Cleo. I loved Cleo. What else have I read this year? I loved... Um... Oh, yeah, she the... keeps it all on her phone. I do. I loved... Um... Oh, Stranger in the Lifeboat. Exactly, yeah, and The Pilgrimage. Love Marriage. <sighs> oh, my God, Love Marriage. We maybe, have spoken that, maybe about you're that on the podcast, yeah. It's going to be a tough call this year, for sure. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. How exciting that we're already off to a good start there. Very exciting. And I love that we've had more authors on. Um, But I do feel kind of like a bit more chilled about this this episode today, because it's just us. I think that's coming across. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I absolutely adore when we get to interview some of these authors because it's just an opportunity to ask all the questions that are buzzing through my mind yeah. throughout the book. But I am slightly, um, not on edge, but I'm like... You feel like I have to be a bit more professional. Yeah, I can't just... There's... I can't shout one hundo every other sentence, <laughs> that kind of thing. Can't be like, it's a vibe, Porna. Uh, that's all you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what our listeners are blessed with every other week of the podcast. <laughs> Well, there's there will be a lot of talk about that today because we're talking about three books that we really enjoyed reading. Yeah, we we are. And I'm going to start us off because I purposely haven't spoken to you about this book yet. But I didn't even speak to you. I was going to text you while I was reading and like, you need to read this. And I was like, no, I'm going to make her wait for my review and then I'm going to talk about <laughs> it on the podcast with her. And I even tried talking to you about it when we were on a walk in the park earlier. And Jess was like, <laughs> no, save it for the podcast. No, 
shut the conversation down. Yeah. Um, so this book is called 30 Things I Love About Myself. And on the cover, there is a quote from Emma Gannon and a quote from Pandora Sykes. And obviously Sounds. they led me to want to read this book. Okay. Um, sorry, I should have said it's by Radhika Sangani. And it's just fabulous. It's so easy to read and consume, but covers so many difficult topics, As but it's all written in quite a funny, comical way. It's very modern. And I just had the best time. And I was like, crap, I feel a bit guilty because... I hope you do. This is a lot, like Lauren would really like this too. And you would like it for like reasons that are different from mine. Oh. So I was like, oh, I know I like this because it sounds like a book that's full of hope and friendship and you know I love a feel-good book. You do. Is it fiction or non-fiction? Fiction. Did I say non-fiction? Because I meant fiction. No, I don't think you said either. Okay. Um, I'll read the official snop. I'm going to drop it. (laughs) When Nina Mystery hits rock rock bottom. (laughs) Wow, that's why I don't drop the snops. That's why we don't drink wine, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> you okay? Yes. Um, after celebrating her 30th birthday in prison, Nina discovers a self-help book which might get her life back on track. In this hilarious and heartwarming novel of the... I've just read what Waterstone says. I'm going to read the blurb. <laughs> God. Today's episode is when, a great start. When Nina hits rock bottom, because no one plans to turn 30 in a prison cell, a tatty little self-help book finds its way into her hands. She doesn't think she needs it. Why would a strong, sensible tourist like her go on a life-changing journey to fix herself? But her inner journalist is curious, and within minutes, she's hooked. By the time the sun comes up, she knows exactly what she needs to do. This would not be a journey for the faint-hearted, but whatever else Nina has messed up in her life, she's never been afraid of a challenge. Her mother is, as always, appalled. Her brother is too depressed to care. The love of her life, he's already moved on. And her friends, well, that's another story. But Nina has Nina, and she's about to find out if that's enough. Oh, I love it. It's very jealous, actually. You didn't even tell me you bought this book. I feel very betrayed. You're right, because I do tell you everything else I buy. I'm like, oh my God, Lauren just spent this much on this website. <laughs> and you tactically forgot about this one. It wasn't tactical. So why, why would you love it more than, in different ways than different I would? Different ways. So I love it for all the feel-good reasons yeah. that I always love a book. And all the different friendships and the fun characters yeah. and like the family vibe. So as touched on there, her brother has depression mm-hmm. and her father also had depression was undiagnosed until okay. after his death um they're all indian and and in their culture it's not really spoke you know mental health is not yeah. spoken about and it's you have to be have a physical ailment for people yeah. to understand that you're not well or, or this was the case anyway and so there's that whole storyline and her mum like you love you love to hate her yeah like she's so hard on nina um, but it's because her mum feels so much pressure that she puts so much pressure on Nina and, like, she also puts pressure on her brother. But, like, you come to love her and, like, yeah. appreciate the fact that she has been a single parent for a really long time. And, okay. like, part of the book is that Nina's trying to get her mum to have a love life again. And Aww. and she's got um, her mum's best friend, Auntie Trish. We love Auntie Trish. <laughs> like, just so readable. I gobbled it up so, so quickly. But the reasons that I think you would really enjoy this book are for lots of the wellness stuff. So she does yoga, she does some tantric breathing. Mm. She sees, it's not a psychic, she sees someone. 
who reads her stars, her charts, her moons. Astrologist. No, she's not an astrologist. She kind of has like a side bit, a little bit, a small business doing something about reading people's charts. Astrologer, yeah. Oh, she doesn't call herself that in the book. Okay. Um, and like each section of the book is about, it like goes through the month. So it's over the course of a year and it will say like the Taurus moon. And oh wow the gemini and like so you kind of learn about like what's coming up for her in that month oh my god and she gets really into all that and actually one of the one of the 30 things she loves about herself ends up being how hippie i've become um, and she ends like it's very into wellness but not in a in a way that she clearly has always had an interest in star signs and horoscopes but she learns loads. Nice. But for those people that aren't into it like me, it's so not overwhelming and actually you'll be a bit like, oh, that's interesting. So she's in prison, did you say? So it starts. So when I started, I was like, oh, we're in for an absolute treat here. <laughs> she um, she breaks up with her fiancé, but she's like still really sad about it because it was her best friend. And then she is feeling a bit down. It's the night for her 30th birthday. So she goes out in her pyjamas to go and pick up a takeaway and she sees some women protesting and she's like, oh yeah, I should probably join a protest. So like kind of gets stood holding a sign. <laughs> and then when the police show up, everyone runs off and she doesn't. And so she kind of ends up in a prison cell. Um, okay. she's, she's only there for a night, but that's where she finds this self-help Fine. book. And then the self-help book like completely changes her life. And, and like there's... Some like cool little quotes from it, like she and she took them from like Brené Brown and like Big Magic. Love. At the end of the book, she gives book recos, like as, <gasps> as an author. author. And one of them is Big Magic. We have oh a whole podcast God. episode on that and a few others. Um, and one of the bits that she talked about was, um, a, an old tale of a man who, um, it's like bad news, good news, who knows. And it'll be like, um, I can't remember the exact examples, but, oh, you dropped your wine. Bad news. And everyone will be like, he'll be like, no, bad news, good news, who knows? And then when <laughs> cleaning up the wine, he found a fiver on the floor that he didn't know he lost. Everyone's like, oh, good news. He goes, oh, bad news, good news, who knows? Turns out that fiver was like old money that he can't even spend. And I'm totally making up new examples. <laughs> but I've like thought about it loads since. And I'm like, mm, bad news, good news. Who knows? Who knows? And so I've learned a lot from it as well. But it's just like in oh, a really, really like fun... I really like that. Like not being, not being um, so emotionally attached to what's going on in your life. Just accepting them for as they are. Yeah. As opposed to being like, this is a good thing. This is a bad thing. Yeah. Which we do so often, don't yeah. we? Yeah. And she's like, you know, it's, it's about her. Her, like coming to love herself so there's a lot of like oh. self-love but it all feels like very re, re- like yes. real yeah um and like she ends up going viral she's a journalist and like she writes a piece and like there's that whole storyline on its own and a bit about like cancel culture and and it just touches on so much stuff it's really great. I'm really jealous. I didn't read it. Good? I think you should read, um, do audiobook. I was about to ask you, do you think it would make a good audiobook? Yeah, it would make a... It, I feel like the audiobook would be similar vibes to Confessions of a 40-something fuck-up. Interesting. Like, it would feel a bit like that, I think. Okay, I'm, I might do it, you know. Do it, see if it's on Getting Borobox FOMO. for free. Yeah, I still need to do that. You need to. Borobox is such a game-changer. It really is. But equally, I need to use up my Audible credits because they're just racking up because I'm not using them and I refuse to cancel them and lose all my credits. It's a catch It's a first world problem is what it is. So, yeah, 30 things I love about myself. I also then, at the end of the book, she tries to make you list 30 things and I couldn't. I was literally about to say, have you done it? No, I haven't. List five. I didn't want to write in my book. List five. Yeah. 
Um, I like my hair. I said that earlier. You did, I've come yes. to really like my hair these days. We're on a good. We're on good terms. Hair, to, hair journey. Um, I like that I'm organised. Yes, that's two. I I, I benefit from that, so I just <laughs> say like that. <laughs> I like that other people benefit from my. You can't do that. No, just like from who I am. You know. Yeah. Fine. Okay. I'm giving Give you that one. like that. That's three. I like, I suppose to be a laugh, oops. I love um, that I ran a marathon. Yeah. Does that count? I love, I mean, I did it bitching and whining, but I, <laughs> <laughs> I love that I'm a sister. That's it. You got five. Well done. Great. Can you do five? Um, I feel like this is turning into another podcast now. <laughs> When you've read the book, we'll recap. We'll yes. recap your okay. five. I mean, yep. it's supposed to be thirty, but yeah, that would be dull. We got to start somewhere, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Um, I love that. I really, I really like that. What's your book? So my book is a short story collection by Catherine Heine, who you might remember we spoke on the podcast last year. Early, she wrote Early Morning Riser, which was in my top ten books last year for so many reasons. One of the reasons being. I just fell in love with her style of writing. Um, and same goes for her short story collection. It's called Single Carefree Mellow. Um, and I'll read the synopsis, actually. The women of Single Carefree Mellow are best friends, flatmates and mistresses. They tipple and titillate, fantasise and fumble, worry and wander. They make poor choices in men and children's magicians and wise choices in what to wear to meet their lovers' wives. None of them are single or carefree or mellow, but all are irresistible and deeply familiar. And it was so good, Jessica. Like, okay, so... It's a short story collection, which I know is not for everyone. Well, I remember you were like, oh, I'm getting a copy of this. Do you want, like, do you want to read it? Or was mm. it a different short story collection? But anyway, and I went, short story's up for me. I'm so happy that you love them, but you crack on. <laughs> that was a different one, actually. Okay. I bought this. I bought this book. Um, what, what was it? So uh, it's a short story collection, which I know isn't for everyone, but I love having something that's fiction that I can read in bite-sized pieces whilst I'm reading non-fiction. So at the moment I'm reading another book about the contraception pill, which is obviously quite heavy. So what I've been doing is reading one chapter of that and then one chapter of this Mm. and ended up speeding through both. And it was just such a nice little balance. I'd really recommend it for anyone who is reading a non-fiction book that just feels very heavy and it's a lot of information to digest. Um, so it's her language like I can't really like her um style of writing is just so it's very dark humor it's very sarcastic and witty I'm just going to read the opening sentence of the short story titled Single Carefree Mellow and it goes you could sum it up this way Maya's dog was dying and she was planning to leave her boyfriend of five years on the whole she felt worse about the dog And it's kind of like that sort of humour throughout the whole book. Every chapter is a different story. Every woman who is the protagonist in each chapter is a woman who's in a relationship. However, one of um, the majority of them are having affairs with other men. So it's sort of, they are the other woman. So you're exploring that sort of narrative um and exploring the 
lives. I'd say, you know, in Coco Mella's, um, which we've spoken about, you know the chapters, is it? Eleanor's chapters. Eleanor's chapters. Is it like that? It's very much like that. Oh. It's like sort of observations from life. Like there's one chapter where um, a woman, it opens with receiving a call from a woman and the woman turns out to be her lover's wife. And she says, I know who you are. Um, I want to go for a drink and I want to meet you. And so she goes for a drink and meets this woman. And it's like just about, and it's just a conversation of you know, what, what that encounter might um, reveal. So it was just, honestly, I laughed throughout the whole thing. It was just so funny. Um, there was one story that we came back to. So nice. we picked up on their relationship two years down the line. So loved that. Um, and I just couldn't recommend it more. Like, I genuinely feel satisfied from reading this book as though I've read a book and not that as though I've read 10 chapters. That is what you want. Exactly what you want from a short story collection. That's you're, great. Yeah, you're not really recognising that there isn't... It's more like observations of ten different women, and it doesn't matter that their lives aren't interlinked. Yeah, because they kind of are. They're all living in New York. They're all, you know, going about their lives and, you know, crossing paths, and they could all be friends. So it didn't feel like okay, we're going into a completely different short story now about a man and his dog. It they all felt very similar. Um, so I just couldn't recommend it more. Genuinely, it was a five star read. And for a short story collection, yeah. that's quite wild, isn't it? Is it going to be in your top ten? It, Jess, it might be. <gasps> Catherine Heine was in it last year. She might be greedy and... She needs to keep bringing out books each year to make it into that top ten. <laughs> she does. I'm really pleased you enjoyed that. Mm. It's a cool cover as well. Really cool. It's like neon lights kind of thing. Fun. Love it. Should we go on to the book that we buddy read? Yes, the one that we did buddy read, which mm. I actually... I have a few comparisons to 30 uh, things I love about myself. So this oh, be great. Yeah. Love that. Are you going to drop that snot? So the book we buddy read is Careering by Daisy Buchanan. Signed note. I'm very proud of the picture we took for this book. If you haven't seen our recreation, you need to go. We spoke we about it on the it podcast on here, before yeah. and we were like, oh God, is it a bit lame? But actually it turns out it wasn't because Daisy Buchanan herself liked it yeah. and enjoyed it and reshared it. So I feel like... It's fine. I feel we, like we, we hit the We nearly the crossed the line, but actually we were just there. <laughs> yeah. Um, a girl from work messaged me like, is that you on, did I see you on Daisy Buchanan's story? And I was like, oh yeah, maybe. Because yeah. <laughs> um, so, I my face in just a sofa, yes. Um, here is the snob. There's a fine line between being on the right track and coming off the rails. Harry has poured her life into the job at Panesh magazine, losing friendships, the love of her life, and increasingly her sanity. She knows it will all be worth it when she gets the top job. Until she's sidelined, passed over for promotion, and forced into running a new venture, which everyone knows is code for being pushed out. Imogen has to hustle her whole professional life to cling on to an industry that favours the privileged. When Harry offers her a job, she feels like all of her dreams are coming true, but her fairy tale ending soon sours as she finds herself putting more and more of herself into her writing for a company that doesn't care if she sinks or swims. Harry and Imogen both love 
thought they loved their jobs, but it is becoming increasingly clear that their jobs do not love them. But escaping a toxic relationship is hard enough, let alone when it's just about paying the bills. And I'm going to rob the book off you to read the top bit, which I thought was quite clever. And it reminded me of Underbelly. We did an episode where we talked about Underbelly and like part of... The de- the description is about what underbelly means, and it has like three different the meanings, di- and they all the- kind of linked to the book, and it's the same with this. So, careering, verb, one, working endlessly for a job you used to love and now resent entirely. <laughs> Two, knowing that a little of your soul is inextricably tied to the work you do. Three, moving in a way that feels out of control. Yeah. Also relevant. Um, I'm going to start off by linking it to 30 things I love about myself and how actually it was like when we said, oh, should we chat about careering on the pod? I was like, wait, did that happen in careering or did that happen in 30 things I love about myself? But actually there was, there's similarities between both. So in careering, Imogen writes a piece. It's a piece about having a threesome and she writes it for this um new website and it goes completely viral and she gets pushed on to do a television interview which goes well actually yeah um and you know she sort of blows up and nina writes uh, an article in 30 things things i love about myself she writes an article about um brown women and like how they, I mean, she she writes a few, and they're about like the stereotypes and also also fetishization and yeah. What the first one that she does goes viral, and she gets asked to go on TV. So oh, wow. I was like, oh, that's quite similar, but it doesn't go well for her. Oh, and they end up twisting her words, and she ends up coming across as like really racist to black people in trying to talk about brown people, and you know, like. Gosh. Her words get completely twisted. She had absolutely no yeah. media training. And I thought the same thing about Imogen. She had no media she training. She didn't, did they she? They were both just sort of flung into these... Guess your life. ...terrifying yeah. situations. And they had completely different outcomes. For one woman, it's like she's basically cancelled. And yeah. for another woman, it like completely elevates her career. Well, and her interesting purpose. as well how race probably enters that dynamic uh-huh. as well. For yeah. the brown woman, she is cancelled and for the white woman it was the really the beginning of her fast track career wasn't it yeah um i think that's so interesting but their privilege as they say in the blurb does play a huge factor into yeah. this book as well um and how our main character imogen she grew up in can't remember where it was was it like leeds or no it's like surrey way Oh, really? Okay. Um, so she she grew up quite um, not from a very privileged background. Her parents are still trying to make ends meet um, and can't help support her in her career. She lives in sort of abominable living situations just because she can't, like, it's all she can afford on yeah. the jobs that she's working in. But they do sort of touch on the industry that she works in is um, publishing and media and she, it's a very privileged industry, yeah. isn't it? Well, like, it? one of her colleagues um, has a party and, like, doesn't, like, she's, like, worried about, like, asking her parents for more money rather than, like, asking yes. them for any money. Yeah. It was, like, Imogen's like, that's just not an option for me. Mm. And also because she's a woman and, like, they talk about the differences of women in the industry and men in the industry. Like, yeah. the man that Imogen's sleeping with is very different or in a very different situation yeah. to Imogen. Yeah. 
Um, I just loved how, on the whole, so you've got these two women protagonists. You've got Harry, who's sort of in her late 30s, and you've got Imogen, who's in her late 20s. And although they're on different, like, stages of their lives, there are so many comparable um, dynamics happening in both of their lives. Like, they both feel like their careers are not quite enough and they both feel like they're giving everything to a job that isn't necessarily even, um, like, recognising yeah. their, their, what they're doing. But there was this one quote where I think that was, like, sort of portrayed really nicely around, like, that feeling in your 20s, which I'm sure many of our listeners can resonate with, um, where I think it's from Harriet, where she says, when I was 27, I think I just wanted to know that things would eventually work out. I think this is the toughest bit because it feels as though you've been trapped in this awful decade forever and it feels much harder before it gets easier. I got this idea in my head that 30 is the finish line, that if I've not done anything good by then, it's not going to happen for me. And the closer it gets, the harder it is to be inspired and excited and believe I've got a, sh- a shot at achieving my dreams and it sort of goes on but I think that would probably be very relatable for many Mm. people who are in their 20s women particularly who don't feel like they've got all of the things ticked off yet that they should have done by you know what society tells you you should have achieved by the time that you're 30 and so I think for that reason it would be like a great read for for a lot of people for a lot of women who maybe want to feel seen in their own like successes yeah, and I think, again, that's quite similar to 30 Things I Love Yeah, I can imagine. Because, yeah, she, like, turns 30 and, and... No, she's not doing some of the same things that her friends are all doing, having babies and getting married, but she loves herself and, you know, there's, there's that whole piece. And I think what you mentioned there about um, it being relatable, I think this book... I think that you will relate with something in this book, yeah. everyone will, whether that's imposter syndrome. I think even if you've worked in an office, like talking about yeah. the office politics and like really mundane everyday things, you're like, yep, I've, I've seen that or I've been yeah. part of that or I know that. And there's um, a bit where she talks about like your first day of, an, of a new job. Yeah. And I was like, God, I know that feeling <laughs> and like what you wear, you don't want to be late and you're accidentally really early. And like, mm. I just, I think there is so much that, you can relate to and like yeah really we read this pretty quickly didn't we We were just like sped through it because it's Mm. written in that really easy to read way that daisy does so well yes yeah commercial women's fiction yeah (laughs) um there was a um part as well where um harry who is the like imogen's boss um she no, let me start again there's a part where imogen you've said she she's sleeping with that guy simon is it simon Scott? sam sam same thing his name begins with an s um she's sleeping with this guy who is like no good for her she knows it he's much older than her doesn't have best interests her best interests at heart and sort of like dangles a carrot in front of mm. her so um, that's like, oh, you know, I could get you a job at The Guardian. I could get you a job at uh, GQ or wherever it is. And that sort of like keeps her going back to this awful man who is like just has no respect for her. Meanwhile, there's Harry who is 
you don't really know what her relationship status yeah. is until later in the book. But, she, you know, at the beginning of the book, she sort of reflects back on a relationship that ended. And um, she's obviously quite, like, at a loss by mm. by that ending. Um, but she reflects back on, like, a relationship she had in her 20s as well with a guy she termed TBM, the bad man. And he seems very similar to Scott in that it's like a guy... Sam, I think it is. Yeah. A guy who just was awful to her, took advantage of her. Like, the, we all know these guys, right? They're the type of guy that make you feel like you should be thanking them for, like, giving you the time of day. Mm. Um, and I just thought that was, like, a really nice parallel to explore in the book, how both of these women have very similar backstories in, you know, like, they've, they've got shared experiences that relate them to each other yeah yeah um, and they don't realize they don't and that's that's the beauty of it they they only see themselves for their differences yeah. like oh harry i can't relate to her because she's a woman in her late 30s and she's achieved so much success and she's got this going for her and she's got that for going for her and imogen feels like she's so far off that but actually when you each chapter sort of alternates between harry and imogen but actually when you're the reader you see them for their similarities and yeah. less their differences which i thought was really smart yeah it is a clever book it is yeah yeah and I remember we were talking actually to an author recently um, who told us like she used to work in publishing, I think it was. And she said like, I'm, I, was a, I was aware that I was a very creative person, but I felt like I was giving all of my creative energy to other people's work and didn't have time for my own. Mm. I felt like this... That sense was explored through Imogen here. So Imogen has her own blog. Yeah. She writes... A, she it's stops. like a sex blog, isn't it? Yeah. And when she gets the job at... Um, what's it called? Like, The No. Yes, The No. She stops writing her own blog because, like, all of her energy goes into work and it sort of drains her and they, you know, just want more and more and more from her. Yeah. And I Which think made us relatable. think about... Yeah, like, about book recos. Mm. Like, because there's two of us, when one of us is busy... Every, it, things still run and things still yeah. happen because there's someone else. But if it Could was you just imagine you, on being on your own, like there are times where I'm like, oh, thank God, like Jess can pick that up today, and you know yeah. I'll do X Y Z tomorrow, and like yeah, just even like managing our e- emails, like we don't get that many, but until enough. we do, it's like until we're both <laughs> we busy, and we're like once. shit. We need to we go need to go back to this person, <laughs> which is why it's like. Yeah, so nice. But not everyone has that luxury of, like, your side hustle or whatever it is that you put creative energy and resource into outside of work. You can just see how easy it would be once you've got a job that's very demanding to just drain you of all that energy. And it's sort of... I, I reckon if you're somebody who is putting everything into your job and you're feeling a little bit empty outside of work then this is a really good book to read because it will just help you put those things into perspective a little bit more and how you can manage your own like prioritize you know your own energy a bit more yeah so lauren yes out of everything you've read this month (gasps) oh no do you have a favorite let me check my list um, are you asking me because you do? No. I'm, I've just opened our Instagram page to be like, oh, she's going to ask me back. What's yeah. my answer? Okay. So March has been a good month for me. Mm-hmm. I've read a lot more books in March than I have in January and Feb. Yep. Also surprising because March was 
our event. But I think because they were at the, the beginning, beginning. They were, yeah. So actually, that was February few, busy. Like, yeah, I've had a few weekends where I've had just a lot of time to be able to sit and read. A few, quite a few of them, I haven't, we haven't spoken about on the, the podcast yet because we sort of and we'll come record, to. yeah, in advance. But um, I would say actually that my favorite was Love Marriage by Monica Alley, which oh, I haven't spoken about okay, on the podcast save it, yet. But that is but good to know. That was. Okay. And the review is up, though. It so. is. The review is up. I'm, I'm looking at it now. Asking you the same question, then. Asking me the same question was definitely the School for Good Mothers. Yeah. I'm completely obsessed with it. We and haven't spoken about that one No, yet, we're we? actually going to talk about it next episode. So now this okay. is like a little teaser, like make sure you listen. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just think that was absolutely fucking brilliant. Yeah, and that was a buddy read. So we will be sharing both of our thoughts on that yeah, one. Yeah, that's and again, next week. Review is up on the grid. Review is up on the taster. grid. We are in a hot tub drinking wine, which is what we do best. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd give to be back there. Oh, yeah, we do need to, we do need to go away again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We really could do with a holiday. And Jess, you are going on a holiday Well, not that it's booked. I, I'm apparently going on holiday first week of April. Nothing's booked. I don't even know where I'm going. <laughs> but you're going. I don't know what the COVID rules are in places. I haven't been abroad since pre-pandemic because I was like, oh, I don't want to faff about with yeah. all that paperwork. <laughs> I don't think there are many now. Well, that's <laughs> ideally what I'm going for. But I have got a new black passport. Sad. Mm. Mine's blue. Oh. Is yeah. yours an Irish one? I've got an Irish one, but I've got an English one as well. And it's blue. It's blue, yeah. What? Is that, what's going on there? Or is it just your colour blind? I'll show it to you after this. I need to, I need <laughs> to know. On that note, let's just leave it there because now I need to know. Um, but excellent month. We knew it would be because we last year's be. was great. We love this. I mean, we make a big deal about it, but it should be mostly read women. I know. Month, so. <laughs> I very I can't remember last month. No, Carla Quelly. can share it with your reading money too and if you don't already then give us a follow on instagram at bookrecos for funnily enough more book recommendations see you next week thanks for listening